everyone. I'm Joanne Berry, special educator. And I'm Dr. Candida Fink. And this is Mental Health Goes to School, where a teacher and a psychiatrist walk into a podcast. You hear a lot about teen mental health and how students struggle at school. But accurate and useful information is hard to find. Over the years, Candida and I have had many conversations and learned from each other's experiences. We realize that we need more people in such a critical conversation. Join us as we talk to and learn from educators, mental health professionals, and parents with a wide range of experiences and expertise. Good morning, Joe. Nice to see you. You too. Welcome back to another episode of Mental Health Goes to School. I'm Joanne Berry. I'm a special educator. And I'm Dr. Candida Fink, a child psychiatrist. And today with us, our guest is Lori Krinsky, who is a local chapter president of the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Um, And she's going to tell us about the organization and about the many resources and programs that they offer. So if you're listening, we will put all the links and um, information in the show notes. So don't worry about um, catching every little bit. It will be there in writing for you to see, but Lori can talk about um, the different programs and stuff and what the resources are. So welcome, Lori. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here. This is a great opportunity for our listeners. So tell so, us, what is NAMI and what's it all about? Well, I'll probably, I'd like to talk a little bit about how I kind of found NAMI to start with, uh, because yeah. that's, you yeah. know, people don't often anticipate joining an organization like this. That's not something you plan for later. Um, so when I had a family member diagnosed with a serious mental health condition, there were many, many challenges in our mostly broken behavioral health system. Um, uh, I had to call 25 therapists before I found one to take our case when we first were looking. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a low reimbursement rate on our insurance, so my person was often discharged from programs or hospitals before they were ready. Mm-hmm. Um, I was told multiple times by one hospital staff member or another, don't worry, it'll be okay, just don't leave them alone for a second. And that happened more than once. Um, It's very, there was isolating in the community. You didn't talk to anybody about it. You didn't know who to turn to. Um, We had schedules, appointments, and places to drive to constantly. The doctor will see you at noon um, kind of requests. Um, Tussles with pharmacies. Um, Mm -hmm. Things had to go through many loops depending on the medication. You pick up a lot of medication if you're dealing with a minor that says on the label, um, suicide ideation is a side effect of this. Like, well, isn't that what we're trying to get rid of? Um, So it was very challenging. Um, And I would ask my friends or talk to my friends about it, and they didn't know how to help me um, because they didn't have the experience. Um, So I made a pact with myself when we were going through the very challenging years, and it is years. Um, that I would try to help other people if I could find the light at the end of the tunnel. 
Uh, so when the light started glowing a little bit, um, I searched around for mental health organizations and I literally visited local boards um, because I had yeah. a pretty long volunteer experience and could spot a volunteer board that was working well <laughs> or one that wasn't. Um, and I found the local NAMI and I took one of their classes um, and that's been eight years now. Um, so I serve as the volunteer president of the local affiliate. Um, now, NAMI um, was invented or developed or created uh, back in 1979 by a couple of parents who met each other in a psychiatrist waiting room and came to the conclusion that, you know, this isn't working. No one's listening to us. We need a community. Um, and they grew it up from there. Um, NAMI has three levels, basically, the national organization, where some of the programs are, the curriculum is developed, the copyrights are there, um, they start off with, with content there, and then there's state organizations in all the states in the United States, and then there's geographically oriented local affiliates. And there's about 600 of those across the country. Um, some of them are, are stronger than others. It's a very much of a grassroots organization, and it's mm -hmm. almost all volunteers. There's probably mm -hmm. half a dozen people or 10 people, you know, running state organizations in some, org in some instances. Um, those are paid positions, but everybody who does everything else um, mm -hmm. is a volunteer across the country. Mm -hmm. Almost all of our programs are free. Um, and uh, local affiliates and state affiliates also have other programs beyond what we call the signature programs that are offered across the country and, and created and supervised and has the training come from the national organization. What a set of resources, really, and, and how it's grown from the, yeah. from the ground <laughs> up. It's a remarkable story and remarkable resources. And we just, I think it's so important for people to be hearing about this and knowing more about what's available and what you guys do. So, so this is great. So I guess a lot of people who were in the position that you were in, there's no, no roadmap when this happens to right. this. So how, how does somebody um, access the resources of NAMI, 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 I guess is the better way to say it. Either way, people in, say in, it both ways. Um, in any individual local area. What, well, what I would we just like to comment one just once bit on your on your no roadmap thing. Um, when you think about healthcare in general, um, you know, whatever this hurts, I'm going to my primary <laughs> care doctor. The primary care doctor says, "Yes, it does." <laughs> I'm going to give you the name of someone who's very specific, and we'll work with that one part of your body for you. And here's an appointment, and that's where you go. Right. That doesn't happen with mental health. Mm -hmm. you, you, I called my pediatrician. He's like, "I don't know. I don't do that." Um, so, and they're trying to change that, but that is a big part of it. There is no roadmap. Um, so NAMI's outreach kind of falls under three umbrellas or tools. I call them often the tools that NAMI uses, um, to reach out to people and support them. Uh, many in the mental health community, they seek connection and information in a safe space with someone who can empathize with their situation. Like I said, I called my friends. They were like, I don't know what to tell you. Um, you need to talk to somebody who has traveled your road. Yeah. Um, so the three tools that NAMI uses are support, education, and advocacy. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go over generally um, 
the programs that are out there. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we can maybe talk about specifics about programs uh, for families of students or for teens and young adults, which is probably the highlight of your audience. Um, right, right. So under support, um, there's two basic kinds of support groups that are offered across the country. The connections support groups are for adults concerned about their own mental health. And the family support groups are for someone who supports someone or lives with someone with a serious mental health condition. Um, these kind of scenarios affect the entire household. Um, and they often come on dramatically in ways that people have never experienced and certainly no one ever talked about. Um, within their family or their cultural environment. Um, and then the other big support thing that's available is NAMI's helpline. Now, helpline is not a crisis line. This is not a scenario where there's suicide ideation and you need immediate care, but it is a place to call and talk about where you're standing, talk about next steps, um, just to chat about riding the roller coaster a little bit. Um, that number is 1-800-950-NAMI or 6264. And that's available Monday through Friday, 10 to 10. Um, the other next tool I'm going to talk about is our education options. And those fall under kind of a couple of categories on their own. Um, again, the sharing of our experience is very important. Information about diagnosis and treatment. There's lots of stuff online now, but NAMI has some very succinct um, information to, to learn about there. Uh, getting to know the behavioral health care system, and that's going to be different in your state. It's going to be different in my locale. So that's part of connecting more locally rather than of above and beyond mm -hmm. the NAMI.org website. Um, the three signature courses that we have um, well, let me back up a little bit. Oh, we had the behavioral health care system that we learned about. And then um, challenging stigma is also another big education uh, push for NAMI. So if we look towards the national, state, and local level, um, there's, you know, all levels of websites there. And mm -hmm. there's podcasts, there's webinars, there's blogs, there's resources, there's links all over the place. Um, so the, cl <laughs> the closer you get to your local affiliate, the closer you're going to get to those specific links. Um, but it's a, it's when you first encounter the scenario, it's good to go to NAMI.org and start there. Um, you'll see there that the three courses that we offer across the country generally, one is peer to peer. So that's for the individuals with a mental health condition. The other is family to family for family members and, and friends in general. And then our basics class is uh, for parents of minors. Um, and in many instances, no, those are all available online. So um, much more accessible than before. Uh, community programs for education. Um, and these kind of fall under the anti-stigma scenario in some instances. The most popular one is called In Our Own Voice. Mm -hmm. And that's two people with mental health conditions and a video component. Um, and they take turns talking about what happened what helped, and what's next. So we do these programs in behavioral health inpatient units. We do them at a religious organization. We'll do them for a Rotary Club. We'll do them at a school. We'll do them anywhere people want to listen to them. So it puts a personal face on, face on mental health, and it reduces stigma. It's helpful for the public. It's very, very helpful for somebody who's new to mental health conditions, and they can mm. see somebody else who's who's 
you know, gone through the road and, and trying to reach the other side of it. It doesn't say everything's okay and we're done because uh, that's right. not how it works. Uh, but it's a very strong program. Um, NAMI volunteers help train first responders across the country in many situations. They, some states have programs specifically for veterans. There's information for mm-hmm. frontline workers on the NAMI uh, website. There's programs that encourage students to speak up about mental health. Um, another one that I like to uh, talk about under the education umbrella is NAMI Walks, which is really our giant fundraiser. And they are all across the country. They're not on one day in the whole country. That would just be way too complicated. Uh, <laughs> but each state will have one traditionally in the spring or in the fall or whatever. And it is. It's a big fundraiser. And that's a big portion of, of how NAMI survives. But it's also a big stigma-free day out in right. the world. Everybody can be together. No one's going to judge you that day. We're all hanging out. You know, We're with you. Um, and that's a huge, a huge uh-huh. thing in your heart that you need. Um, things that I've done locally um, for education, uh, we've created uh, credit card size crisis cards. Um, they have the new 988 number on there. We've got some new crisis information in our state. Um, so we passed out 18,000 of those <laughs> wow. um, in, uh, in between our local area. So those went to uh, providers primarily to hand over to somebody as opposed to, you know, a library kind of give one out to everyone thing to try to get the folks that need to learn about those new response systems. Um, I've had a webinar about youth mental health. I've had a webinar about the mental health workforce uh, constraints. And I had one called Take 15 for 988. So that was a 15-minute uh, uh, Zoom call just to uh, learn about how that broke through. Wow. So that covers two of our tools. <laughs> um, the next one would be advocacy. And that also happens on all three levels, national, state, and local. Um, examples on the national level can include the 988 number. So the National Suicide Crisis Lifeline used to be a 1-800 number that I personally have typed thousands of times, but don't know what it is. But I can remember 988, and so can everybody else. So yes, that was a good idea. And calls have gone up dramatically on that. Um, But NAMI and other organizations were definitely part of a years-long advocacy effort to define the behavioral health crisis response to include three pillars. Mm -hmm. Someone to talk to, someone to respond, and somewhere to go. So 988 is a big part of that. And many states are growing crisis response opportunities under that. Um, We had a day of advocacy, uh, again, NAMI and other organizations, and they got about, I think it was 57,000 emails to legislators. Wow. Um, wow. That effort. So that's advocates are out there. We're working hard and yes. we could use more help. <laughs> yes. Um, a secondary national level thing was prior to the pandemic, um, insurance companies reimbursed uh, mental health providers far less for virtual appointments than they did for inpatient appointments. So mostly they just didn't happen. Um, and the federal government, because of push from advocates, change that. And that's why we have telehealth, behavioral health during the pandemic. But some states did not make it continue or have it continue or 
vote to continue it. Right. Um, so in our state, we succeeded in 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 making sure that that continued. Um, and that's something you have to think about as people move away or go to colleges, other places or whatever. Right. It's different rules um, in different states. On the state level, most NAMIs have a state advocacy day at their legislator and list priority bills for the session and do advocacy work on talking to legislators about that. Um, I've personally testified at the state house about some insurance reforms that were successful here in our state. Our state is working to add structural supports in schools for mental health providers. Um, we have more mental health specialty courts growing in our state. And a lot of hospitals are turning towards working on health equity for mental health um, for underserved populations. So that's all a part of keeping the conversation going um, and, and keeping in touch with the legislators. Uh, very locally, um, I remember in November 2020, the first time I did a webinar. <laughs> <laughs> we all got good we, at that. We stuff, called right? it, our, and yeah. it was all planned to be in person in September. <laughs> but um, our mental health system, a local view is what we called it. So we okay. invited hospital staff and clinicians and stakeholders and local police and school representatives. And we just talked about how the system was working and not working. And that was, uh, we had a local legislator be our moderator, and that was brought down to the Substance Use and Mental Health uh, Committee down at the state legislator. So there's things you can do to uh, make people pay attention. Right, right. <laughs> it's a long, long road, though. It's very challenging. Um, the average time for a bill to pass is eight years. So wow. you got to keep to the grindstone. <laughs> gotta be patient. You gotta be willing yeah. to wait, yeah. wait out successes and failures, right? Like when it doesn't go through. Right. Well, and knowing that ahead of time, it's like first time out, you're probably, or even the second and third time, right. probably not just knowing that I think would help people keep, you know, keep it going. Cause if you think it's going to pass in one and be like, well, that failed. Oh, well. Right. You can't right. give people, up and that's hard. People right. can get people discouraged. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. knowing that it's going to be a multi-year. Um, well, and it's very true. And people are, are are nervous about doing it. I don't want to call my representative. I'm like, that's their job. They want you to come <laughs> talk to them. They really, really, really do. Right. <laughs> that's right. why they have office hours and assistants. And yes, just talk to them. Or um, just email. Hard. They will listen. They yeah, will, yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's. They, that's what they're there for. They want people to engage your local town. Everything wants you to engage. They want more people engaged. Talk to them. They well, do. And, and they the, do. And the other thing, which I remind people of periodically, is they work for you. Right. <laughs> you don't work for them. They work for you. And if you have something they need to know, you should tell them. Right. Right. Yeah. Very simple. I think encar encouraging that kind of, you know, local involvement at any level, but for people, especially who are just sort of starting with this idea and trying to sort of, you know, um, get involved and having a group or having people to do it with, to teach you, to support you, to, you know, I think that's, right. that's and they powerful. Make, make it very easy for, uh, uh, again, they'll send out national or state level um, opportunities, advocacy alerts, they call right. them. So okay. in many instances, yeah. there's some pre-written paragraphs um, and you can change them if you don't mm -hmm. like them. And then there's a section, you know, add your comment here or add your right. story here or whatever. So they make it easy for you to get involved. And, and a lot of the programming, uh, the platforms just automatically pick out your legislators and send it to them for you. So, Which is so amazing, right? right so to have easy. that now. <laughs> you don't have to go looking it up. 
<laughs> and I, I think it's important what you said at the beginning too, that people, for people to understand that what, there's all of these opportunities and resources. When you and your family are going through a crisis, you barely have the time to sort of just get through everything. Like it can, as you discussed at the beginning, you weren't a volunteering and sort of a part of this organization at that level, you know, and that people, it's okay. <laughs> just getting through, just surviving is what it's about in the beginning. Making yourself, availing yourself of these resources is huge to be around other people who, um, you know, the lived experience, the shared experience, um, people who understand, people who have ideas or thoughts or just to sit with and be with you. Um, I think that can be very powerful, even in the midst of crisis, if you can find your way. Um, and that's okay. You, you, you receive from the, from the organization. And then as you, you know, things uh, resolve or get better and you have some more resources yourself, internal resources, then you can come back to, to give back. And I think that your journey very much, your story. And I think. Right. And I, and I appreciate that. I mean, we do need to have a opportunity here and take a moment to say, you know, if NAMI has touched you or you wish you would have been touched by NAMI, you know, maybe raise your hand and be part of our community and, right. and spend some time helping others. It's unbelievably rewarding teaching, teaching these classes yeah. um, and, and getting in touch with people and helping them through this week, last week, or five months or years. Um, right. That's right. are involved for a long time. I think our NAMI Walks coordinator has been doing it for 17 years now or something like that. Really? Your local wow. person? That's wow. amazing. I mean, what? He could yeah. use some assistance who are, you know, under 50. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's bringing, bringing in young people, right? And That's what we need. You know, and I think there's an energy, right, with young people or the, the sort of Gen Z, like in social media, there's an energy around right, sort right. of destigmatizing right. mental illness. And um, so sort of bringing them into, you know, legacy organizations like NAMI, I think, is because because the, the infrastructure is in place and to help them feel comfortable bringing them into such a setting that's powerful, the energy of youth. <laughs> and right, right. The, well, and, and, it, and, and the, they have, they are in a, like you said, a new environment where there's the stigma is falling away. So right. they, they are oftentimes, you know, sure, I'll talk about it. Right. Um, and that's getting right. somebody over that hump, you know, 20 years ago was almost impossible. That's um, right. That's so, right. 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 It makes a big difference yeah. and it's part of part of our you know, yeah our well i think always. there's a lot of demonization of social media and there's plenty that's awful and scary and terrible about it and also at the same time things like accessing you know other people like yourself and places to share and communicate have been very positive just a place to share and speak about mental health struggles um, and be open about them. I think that has evolved in a way that could never have happened. As you said, Lori, like 20 years ago, you know, who did you talk to? You didn't know, right. but now there's people all over the country will come to that same space, you know, right. um, all over the world, really. Uh, so I, I think helping. it's, it can be very powerful in, in that way. You know, I worry, you know, about the demonization and just like shut down all social media for children. And it's like, but, Mm. <laughs> you know, careful, yeah. careful, judicious, careful. you know, wise use. But I think um, anyway, that's just a, that's uh, another conversation, another conversation <laughs> entirely. But um, but I think tying that into sort of how you guys are growing, too, and sort of all the virtual stuff that you're doing, accessibility that has increased for you and all of the organizations at all three levels. I think that's been that's powerful, too. 
All right. Should we should we drill down on uh, specifics for some of the programs? Sure. That, um, that seems this yeah. seems like a good time for that. Okay. Um, so I I've been defining it by uh, you know assuming the audience is primarily parents with with teens or young adults with mental health conditions. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to remind everybody that these are free and right. many of them are online. Um, the first one is the family support groups. Um, and again, those are facilitators who've been there. They're trained mm-hmm. by NAMI. Um, and our support groups are drop-in, which means you don't have to you know, register or commit to six of them or whatever. You can go when you want um, and you can share or you can just listen. Mm-hmm. And we occasionally get approached by hospitals or other organizations and like, well, so what are your demographics and where do you have them? I'm like, people can come to our support group and give a fake name, okay? We don't, we don't keep that stuff. Right. It's very, um, ano- very so, anonymous. <laughs> right. It's fine. You know, I know kind of how many people are coming to my support group, so we don't ask any questions. You are, you are open to uh, just do what's comfortable for you. And you can go to one or two or a different one or go for four weeks or, you know, whatever works for you is fine. Yep. Um, the family to family classes are a little bit more structured. Again, those are people who have, have had the journey. Um, this experience really opens up the opportunity to have open conversation and mutual support in a you know completely stigma-free environment. It allows people to say things they don't want to say out loud to their neighbors or or share, you know, surprising things that they never thought would they talk about or have happened to them with other people who are like, yeah. And one of the kind of surprising things that happens in family to family is a lot of laughing um, and release because you know, we're, we're trying to get through it. I've had many, many people come up to me and, you know, we'll, we'll be doing a canopy at a outdoor event with a table information table, and they'll just come running over and go, I took that family class, you know, I don't know, 15 years ago, changed my life, changed my life. Um, and they wow. say that all that, that changed Great. my life Great. all the time. Um, so some of the topics in that class, um, you learn about different mental health conditions and different treatments and therapies. They go over some national state and then there's that local resources thing. Um, that's very important and people always want information on that, but it focuses mostly on trying to work together as a family. So they talk about listening skills and communication techniques, mm-hmm. problem solving, managing crisis and relapse, limit setting, and a lot of it is listen to your person. <laughs> um, you can't walk in this with a clipboard and fix it. Um, and many, many people do that. And I did that too. Because um, mm-hmm. it's not something that you're going to fix in a weekend um, yeah. with a to-do list. Um, it's a long process. Or or back to your point of, I need I need help with my shoulder. Right. You know, when you go to physical therapy for four months or something, and it's and much it's better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is different. Right. This is different. That perspective shift is huge. Probably one of the most fundamental things about that work. But it's certainly my families who have gone through it. I think that sense of we're in this, the the problem solving component, under shifting that understanding, we're just going to fix it. And the listening, listening to your person, listening listening and believing, listening and believing your your person is big. When they cover coping skills, 
um, and self-care stuff too. Um, so these are officially evidence-based courses, which mean they've been tested uh, by psychiatrists to see that there is a change in people's abilities or cognitive thoughts about their ability to, to work forward. Um, they're weekly programs. They have eight sessions. And you do have to register for these, and we want you to, you know, go through the whole thing and not just skip it out. Um, most of the time, they used to just be available spring and fall in my state, but now with Zoom, you know, one might start mm -hmm. in January um, because we don't have to worry about that drive problem. So they're more available than previously and easier to get to. Um, the other class specifically for parents of um, adolescents or young adults is called basics. I mean, mostly, I'm sorry, for adolescents, children and adolescents. So that's for families with younger uh, stu students or children. Um, it works very similar to the family to family class, but there's some information there about working with the schools, um, which is also a whole Rich. new round uh, and a lot of paperwork and a lot of pushing. Um, it takes a long time and you can you can raise your hand and say crisis and they'll get that meeting scheduled in about four months um so oh. and they have a lot of it's a lot of federal bureaucracy it's a big deal it's hard yeah. um uh, but very important to learn about yeah. and there are some specialists you can hire to help you with that stuff these days as well um one other point about the family support groups that i i forgot to note um with the advent of the Zoom situation, um, we've been able to have them a little bit more specialized. So within our state, we have parent families, uh, support groups for parents of people this age and people that age uh -huh. and people that age. Um, so it can specialize uh -huh. a little bit because talking about a 12-year-old is a lot different than talking about a 30-year-old. <laughs> um, so Zoom has helped us um, specialize those, um, at least in our state. Nice. And then the other, uh, one of the other programs that is not available everywhere, but is, is quite available across the country is called Ending the Silence. And that is a program that goes into schools. And these go into classrooms, um, usually junior high or early high school. And it encourages people to talk about mental health, uh, to recognize what's going on on in the kids sitting next to you as a teacher or a student or just within the school population and bring it up and ask questions and go ahead and say, how are you feeling? What's going on? Um, you can share with me. Um, mm -hmm. So that's part of breaking down that stigma um, mm -hmm. as well. Um, and then a new program that started at the end of 2023 um, NAMI has always had the helpline for a very long time, but now when you call that number, you can uh, select, I think it's one, uh, to get transferred to the NAMI teen and young adult helpline. So those are young adults specifically there to talk to someone um, who is in that same, again, the empathy thing. I'm going to talk to someone who's in my same headspace. Uh, but they are working off of a giant directory that they put together. So they're offering up resources and information to folks. Um, there's articles and webinars and resource lists around topics like accommodations at school, mm -hmm. coping skills, crisis options, first episode psychosis, grief support, relationships, talking about mental health, self-care. And there's social media. That one's on there too, of course. 
And then they have all sorts of topics on the very specific diagnosis and resources pertinent to specific and a wide variety of cultural communities as well. And that's a big recognition um, that we need to approach things from that viewpoint too. Um, the other resource for young adults is NAMI's Mental Health College Guide. Mm. And that used to be a PDF a while back, uh, but now it's an online uh, exploration kind of opportunity. Okay. Um, and it covers things like you got to talk about disclosing your diagnosis. Mm. Who are you going to tell that about? Nobody, everybody. Right. Right. You have to think about that. And it's good to think about those things before you get there. You need to come up with a family communication plan. Okay. I told my son, all my kids, Sundays, call your mom day. <laughs> it's international call your mom day. Uh, but with a mental health condition, you need to open up communications about some of that other stuff too. Um, so it's good to talk about, you know, how we're going to figure that out. Um, it's very important to learn that there are privacy laws around adult students. You can call the high school and say, I want to know, blah, 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 blah. But if you call the college, they're not going to tell you anything. Um, communicating with the support service offices there is important to find out what kind of support they have and what kind of support they don't have. You can't go to college and have the college support service be your therapist. That's just not how it works. Um, they're not going to pay for it. They're not going to be available for you. You have to set up two things. And now the telehealth is available. That's easier. We used to have to tell people to find somebody locally, but you have to watch out for the different state thing um, if that's a concern. So you have to check with your insurance company. Managing a daily college schedule. That can be different for people who need mental health breaks during the day. Think about what you need for yourself. Where will you take time for yourself? Do you need to plan exercise and, and movement for yourself to make yourself feel better? Um, planning all sorts of kind of self-care options is important to think about before you get there. Um, and locally, we have a yearly, we've done this for about 12 years now, I think, and we just call it College in Your Mental Health. And um, we used to go from high school to high school within our area. Uh, but now, of course, it's a <laughs> webinar. <laughs> and the good thing about webinars is in the, in the situation when it was in person, uh, parents would come, right. students not so much. And we really wanted the high school counselors to come so that we wouldn't have to have this class anymore because they would be able to share the information. Um, so now that it's a webinar environment where you can't see your face, um, lots more people are comfortable uh, uh, to join in. So we've been trying to push getting more and more students to come to it because it's, you know, nothing about me without me. So, uh, you know, they're welcome to come too. Um, we're having our next one on March 18th at 7 p.m. Um, we can certainly have everybody come um, to a webinar so we can offer up information on that uh, in all the details that they're going to put on the, on the website. For you oh, guys. much. This is amazing. And what you were saying about all of the resources on the college, you know, transitioning to college, these are the things to think about. Um, our previous guest, we were talking about, she actually works at a college and a lot of students are resistant to accommodations or they want all the accommodations. So figuring out what helped you be successful in high school, what were the accommodations and supports that mm -hmm. helped you? And some of them can transfer to college. Right. And some of them won't. Correct. Um, so figuring that out. And then if you need that extra support, how are you going to find it? 
whether it I don't even can't even think of anything off the top of my head, but something that might, oh, maybe scribing, for example, yeah. might have been available in high school. So you might have to like hire somebody to right. be your scribe or mm-hmm. find right. a good friend. I don't know. Right. And, well, and some know that know that that's something you right. need along with the exercise, right. exactly. the time. Right. Uh, it's just a very different environment, and your assumptions that your IEP follows you exactly, and you're gonna, it's just not gonna happen. No. Um, no. Right. And it is an environment where you are expected to take care of your own problems. Um, that's right. And that you know it goes from just prepping for doing your laundry. Or right. getting your medication. Okay. You need to practice all that stuff so that right. it's not all overwhelming once you get there. Because with the mental health condition, you do have this other pile of stuff you have to put in your day that you have to manage. That's right. Um, so thinking about that ahead of time. So at our at our event, we have college administrators uh, from three different levels of of nearby colleges, a community college, a state college, and a private university. Oh, and then we have one or two, depending on um who's available, a student who's in college now and and living with mental health challenges and they talk about their situation. Um, we also talk about, you know, what if that doesn't work out? Right. We go for two semesters and it's just too hard. Right. Uh, let's make a new plan. And the plan doesn't have to be linear. That's it's not exactly. a linear life. Exactly. <laughs> There's so many things and different options to swirl around and you have to get over that. <laughs> it's a big one though it's a big one it is big. i'm behind it is i'll be behind this is the picture of what i and for families and students this is the plan i expected and there's a grief process of yes. letting go of the story you expected right so there's so much work to be done in that and also it's so powerful when you can come to that decision and take steps that you need to do as a student and the family supporting the student to do, to do what works for you and to, to, to write your story in the way that works for you. But it, it's, it's a huge shift for many, many kids yes, and families. Is. So it's very hard. Yeah. And that's, what's so inspiring about most of our peer speakers on the college yeah. program is it's because huge. they, they, they came to that personal conclusion and said, you know what, I got to take care of myself first. That's right. And this is what I need for me right now. And parents, you have to work with me. <laughs> right. And you have right. to believe me right. when I say I need, you know, and look, so right. families are different. It's just, it's that conversation and how right. wonderful to have students as, you know, with the lived experience students involved in that webinar. That's huge. That's huge. I think. So, yeah. Well, that no. sums up our, our giant list of resources, I think. <laughs> um, it is a giant, a, a, much, amazing but... list. No, <laughs> no. Well, I, I think one of the things that, for me, noticing is like you can dip your toe in a little bit if you find yourself in need of one of these resources and maybe that's it. Or maybe you need to go to that group every single week because of what whatever it is that, that you experience from this. But the range of resources is so broad, I think, and accessible, mm-hmm. like yeah, one of the great things which a lot of groups have found with with Zoom, and in fact, we're on Zoom right now. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, which, you know, has opened up so many opportunities on so many levels for right. uh, maintaining anonymity if you want to, or just not having to worry about driving at night or in the snow or all of those things, I think has helped so much. And, and I have just 
I haven't said too much this time, but I am nodding my head constantly, which people can't see. Can't see it. And so, well, jo- Joanne and I are both like, yes, yes, yes. Shea head shaking, <laughs> trying yeah. to be quiet, not say a lot while you, yeah. ch- you know, right. list the resources, but we are agreeing. Have, yeah, yes. Strongly. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. And, and um, for our audience building that school family connection, which has come up in so many different ways with, with many of our guests, um, this just further emphasizes that we're all on the same team. We hope yep. um, helping our students um, be their best, do their best. And it's not a straight line journey. There's going to be ups and downs, zigs and zags, and that's okay. Um, But let's support one another as best we can. Yeah. And and I think helping the helpers, you know, supporting the school staff, like you, you know, the school social workers, the teachers, you know, as many people that we can engage, you know, who are running into providers, right? Because I think a lot of us providers don't know about all these resources. I think we could all learn from it. Um, But helping, helping everyone learn, and especially people who are in the school building with young people is so helpful, so helpful, you know, at at all those pillars, education, advocacy, and support, right? Those are the three pillars to, to, to help people be aware um, who can be, who do encounter and come in contact with and are going to need to support young people and their families. So, um, when I think I just, I guess my concluding comment would be, you know, the, the pandemic has opened us up, um, to talk about mental health and that's amazing. And the recognition that you can see on social media or everywhere of, of awareness around mental health is really good. Uh, but Nami would like to balance that by a recognition of how mental wellness is different than right. living with a long-term serious mental health condition. Right. Um, we need right. to recognize that we need mental health for all right. along the whole spectrum there. Right. Um, and that's a big part of NAMI's mission. Yes. Yes. That makes sense. That sort of universal idea of how we help support people's mental health. Right. And and the also the story of serious mental illness and, you know, living with that and managing that. But the different levels of intervention and support. It's different than a yoga class, which is way good, different. <laughs> yoga's great. Yoga's great. But, yoga's um, good. I love yeah. yoga. <laughs> yeah. Yoga's excellent. I do. I do. I do. I do find in my last comment, you know, I find a lot of my families and teenagers will say, I tell people I'm depressed and they tell me to do yoga. They 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 don't understand what I'm doing. Yoga is not going to fix this, Doctor Fink. I, we love well, a good yoga class and we talk about it, but it it is a separate thing and it can feel a little diminishing to people living with right, a serious mental that. So you have illness. to keep keep verbalizing and keep listening. And yoga could potentially be the best self care that you'll do for a whole rest of your life. But right, right. but depending on this the symptom level, you you need more right. attention. Exactly. You may, so, you may need much more right. at that point. Right. All right. Any other closing thoughts, Joe? Uh, this has been uh, super informative uh, for me and I hope for our listeners. And as I said, we'll link the um, sites and things that Lori has mentioned in the show notes. So you can just go right there and click through. And hopefully some of our listeners will participate in the March 18th program, which will not be recorded. Um, 
Lori and I talked about this earlier. It is not recorded. So tune in if you can. Be live. And, <laughs> and, and if you if you miss it, then there may be another one coming up. That's right. Um, at some time, perhaps, probably not right away. But um, that's the thing to to be on the lookout for if if you have family members or yourself are thinking about college and what you need to think about. The things that you don't know, you don't know. Right. I think exactly. Is part, it's part that's of a that. great way to put that. That's perfect. hundred yeah. um, percent. So yes, thanks so much, Lori, Thank for you, Lori. spending time with us and um, throw, helping us put this resource out into the. Yeah. Really, really d- appreciate Into it. the world, wherever. Mm-hmm. But it, it sounds like, yeah, NAMI is, is taking full advantage of our changing world and getting more resources out to people so yay and we'll do we'll try to help do that as well yeah spread the word spread the word thank you all right we'll see you on the next one thanks Lori. thank you bye now